separated for a year. Oh, blessed year. Well, it wasn't obvious to me. Yeah, it was a blessed year, but it wasn't obvious to me because we lived in in the Fresno area. Mm-hmm. And then the as the, if as if living is a word can be used. And then what we did is my mother got this great job, so she had to move away to the Bay Area for a year. And I went with her. But the great job was she she was uh, worked at a front desk. For the minimum wage. So, <laughs> but when I was 11, that, that, I was like, oh, I guess that's what you do. Well, you 235 to... an hour. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah, but obviously they were, they were separated. Right. And now that I'm thinking about it. But, um, but the summer, bef- so for the initial summer, I stayed here in Fresno with my dad. I lived alone with him for like eight weeks. Sorry. I think I think I wrote my mother a letter every other day. Mm-hmm. Get me out of here, because my dad was insane. He was an insane. No, by the way, not not it not as in he really he loved uh, you know he loved bad music or yeah. something like that. He was like like medically so. Yeah, clinic. My father clinically. was clinically insane. Yeah, schizophrenic or something. So so um, I was with him, and he also had no concept of child labor laws. So like six or seven days a week, it would be like literally. Like in a literal sense, dawn to dusk work uh-huh. of lifting well, very heavy things. Welcome for to summer vacation. Sixteen hours, <laughs> young a Joseph. Day. It was really insane. So, and, and none of that early exercise has manifested itself today. No, I was in great shape then. Oh, boy, I was boy. in great sort of child abuse shape back then. But, <laughs> but um, so you wouldn't know. Oliver Twisty in shape, if you will. Yeah. So we're we're um, unloading Favorite. some stuff, part of the work, and it's it's blazing heat, and we're driving in his flat this flatbed truck that was always barely working, <laughs> and my father's driving along. And um, I'm sort of like just miserable. And he looks over, and this is this is by the way, this sounds like Carson McCullers' link story here. This is what I'm trying to sort of like get inside his head, his pers- his point of view. As he looks over, and I'm leaning, I'm 11 years old. I'm leaning my head out the window, looking into the the sort of oversized truck mirrors, and I start singing just to myself. You and me against the world. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like you and me against the world. When all the others have just turned their backs away, you can look at me and say, I remember the whole thing. Remember when the circus came to town and oh. you were frightened by the clown? Yeah, you can stop now, yeah. Wasn't it nice <laughs> to be So it's a very, it's Miss there. Helen Reddy, and she, mm-hmm. you know, it's a whole like, 1972 yellow chiffon performance dress, microphones that look like a car antenna. Mm-hmm. Remember that whole thing? So, mm-hmm. so to me, it was like, oh God, it was so miserable. I was just, I was transporting myself into another era. And the thing is, my father was born in 19. <laughs> the saddest fucking he stories was, ever. It's terrible, but he was born in 1923. <laughs> my were father queen was. Even then. Was way ahead of his times in many ways. Aside from being insane, he was kind of a progressive, kind of lefty guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he still was a, a guy. He was born of a certain era. So to look over and see his eleven-year-old, you know, son singing a Helen Reddy song, I think it really upset him <laughs> in a way that I can't imagine. Like it probably was very upsetting to him. And as a result, it was upsetting to me. I think that it was upsetting to him. Mm-hmm. All of this is to say this. I think that I have unearthed why it is I'm not particularly fond of musicals. 
Hmm. Okay. Now let me ask you this really quickly. Yep. Uh, just, your dad again, you know, nuts and sure. but but somewhat liberal and some and in many ways very much not. Right. Uh, had you turned out gay, what would what do you think he would have? Because I mean, you're halfway there now. Yeah. I don't know. Hello. I'm, uh, but I'm just curious about that. What do you What do you think his well, reaction I mean, would have been? He would have been fine. I mean, the thing is, he's he's one of those guys, and your dad is kind of the same way now. I think mm. he, he could start every sentence with "I have nothing against blank, fill in the blank," but and it's going to be something terribly offensive that follows. Right. Homos. So he, yeah, I, I suppose faggots, so. It's so, whatever. Yeah. Right. So I think that. Um, I don't know. I'm sure it would have been fine. It's 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 not a big deal. It's not about even. I think it's more about being effeminate to him. It was right. like the idea that right. like here he was sort of molding me into a hardworking young man. That was one of the pro- like he would let me do things that other parents wouldn't let kids do at mm-hmm. an early age. But he would always say because I had worked like a man. Right. So he would like I'd kind of earned that position to do what I wanted to do. Okay. But but anyway, it all comes back to the idea that I think. In a way, I don't like musicals generally speaking yes. because of the, the lack of continuity and like you're just suddenly singing. I don't understand it. I could have danced all night. <laughs> I could have danced all night and still have begged for more. But I think there's also this internal conflict because that was at the time of my life also when I, I, w- I hadn't found rock and roll yet. So I was I was listening to a lot of like elevator music and mm. like, you know, <laughs> would you like to ride my beautiful balloon? All this sort of stuff. So there's a lot of confusion still when I think about that. <laughs> times. My number two contender for worst song ever. Number one being uh, being uh, Convoy. Well, you don't like uh, That's a t- up, up and no, away, I my love that balloon? song, and it's a terrible song. No. It's a dreadful song. Oh, you reminded me of my father. Oh, God damn it. What are you talking about? <laughs> the voice is in my head. Somebody stabbed me. But I like not some really. musicals. There are a few. I like, I like Fred Astaire musicals for some reason. I think there's a lot of dancing. I like um, Singing in the Rain because it's just a great fucking movie. I saw La La Land this year. I really enjoyed it. But there are limited number of musicals I like. So your take. I think, I think I, if I may be so bold, let me, run, let me run this by. Do you think you like musicals? They have dancing in them in general. Yeah, it could that be. That might be that might be the divider for you. It could also be. I like musicals that um, are about show business in some way because mm. it doesn't seem so unnatural that they're suddenly bursting in the song that way. Right, because they're already starting off meta. So. Yeah, it went away. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I don't know. I tend to like musicals, and I, it, here's the thing: I am always surprised at how much I do enjoy the musical when it comes on. Like I, I I'm, I'm not a big. It's not like a. I'm gonna go watch a musical, but if somebody mm-hmm. sits me down and forces me to watch a musical, I go like, "Fuck, I kind of enjoy this shit." Okay, I kind of like My Fair Lady when I was a kid. Uh, oh, I haven't seen it in years. I have no idea what it would be like now because it's it's such a it's such a pro, uh, it's such it's a such a rip off of Trading Places. I just oh, oh, yeah, those bastards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a great Woody Allen joke. I'm just gonna take uh, My Fair Lady and remove all the uh, remove all the songs and and uh, numbers from it. I'm gonna call it Pygmalion from now. Yeah, uh, but there was this. Uh, but but joke, but uh, it was well. His delivery was good. Um, the but uh, was it like uh, Fiddler on the Roof? I like that. I was surprised at how yeah. much I enjoyed that movie. That's uh, a good movie too. It was because it was a it was a movie about something else. I mean, it actually had like a good story yeah. going on. It was well written, basically. So okay. um, I don't know. I generally I'm okay with musicals. They're not what I go out for. Yeah. But if somebody puts a gun to my head, I'll sit and watch a musical. Now, then, go ahead. Please. No, well, I, I'm going to say I, I I'm going to qualify that uh, the, the status of musicals relative to the movies we're going to be watching today. But what's your what's well, also, I was going to say we should make a distinction, <laughs> if we can, between musicals and the movies that have musical performances in them. Yeah. So, it's it, you know, one is like someone sort of transitions into song or song is used to tell the narrative. And right. the other is like 
hey, why don't you pick up that guitar? You know, beach blanket, Babylon-ish, that kind of thing. It's all of a sudden they just do a tune. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I I guess there's a distinction. And and maybe that distinction is true um, for the first film. And today we're looking at... It's very clearly true for the first film. Yeah, we're looking at a couple of Elvis pictures. Love me tender, love love me true. Elvis. Oh, my mass fulfill. I saw a doc, by the way, okay, since... Put them in my <laughs> rectum soon, yeah, okay. and I'll pay the bill. I don't know the rest of it. I saw um, some footage uh, <laughs> I of, uh, of Elvis Presley. It was like outtakes from the, the 1981 This Is Elvis documentary. Oh, boy. Which was one of the first films I think your dad ever had on, on, on VHS, but... But um, it was like the dirty stuff they couldn't include. And so there were two things. One is he's riding in the back of, um, of a limo. And Elvis doesn't know the sound is on. Because uh-huh. I guess he's 90 or something. He doesn't realize sound uh, he's is... He's effectively 90 with that many venomous in his He's got all these yes men around him. And he's, he's saying like, oh, last night I was knee deep in some pussy. Mm. And then he, he goes, this hasn't been... There's no sound on, is it? There? Yes, Elvis, there's sound last on. Last night I was knee deep in some pussy. Oh, not using this. And then another one, he's coming backstage at some arena. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, one of his one of his uh, crew is giving him a hard time about the ugliness of a woman he went to bed with, and he mm-hmm. goes, "Yeah, but you gave great head." Oh, so it's outtake. So he was kind of a dirtbag. I mean, I guess you'd have to assume he was, but for so long his persona was a good, good guy. Oh, absolutely, and it, and yeah, yeah, and, and aggressively marketed. He was aggressively marketed. Yeah, he's like the beginning of pop culture, I think, as we know today. Meaning. A person living entirely in the limelight, yeah, uh, with a persona and, and with a huge, with a bit, with a much larger reach than people had been before. Like Bogart was a great yeah. persona and all like that, and and somebody who was admired and this and that. But but the but the sheer fucking reach into every household that Elvis had because of television and records being as mass produced as they were. Maybe at the like time. reality spin too, because Bogart, like I, I think most people didn't know that Bogart was wearing a wig. For right. most of his life, but but Presley, you couldn't hide his craziness with the Cadillacs and the p- uh, peanut uh, butter and banana sandwiches, and so they just sort of spun it as part of his home South, you know. Right, yeah, that's just him being a redneck, and I'm yeah. sure. Like, I wonder now. Now here's a chicken and egg question. I yeah. mean, how much of the the South has adopted that shit because of Elvis, and how much of it is actually of the South? You know what I'm saying? Like, I have was, no idea. was it just his nuttiness? And the South loved him so much that they adopted, like, eating that kind of crazy shit. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know enough about the South. No. I really don't. But, 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 but I like to judge them. Oh, for sure. Oh, shit, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, so Love Me Tenderest is his first film. His first film, absolutely. And it was and it was so, just, just you know, uh, just starting off from the top, it was such an obvious, it, it, to me, it was such an obvious cash grab. Like, this guy was this amazing phenomenon who crashed into the scene, and people were like, we're going to make this movie. Fuck it, let's get this guy in here because uh, yeah, he's going to sell a lot more tickets. Let's shoehorn this guy into the story. Issue, this, it's almost as if this movie could have most of this movie could have existed without him being in the movie. Not are you saying? I mean, just all, almost without his character being in the movie. Yeah, although, that's what I mean. We'll talk about how the character has to be in, but certainly Elvis didn't have to be in there at all. Anybody anyway, could yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of actually not a bad movie it's entertaining mm-hmm. enough it's it's a black and white it's a b it's a b movie a b movie okay so it's it's really about the very last days literally of the civil war right and there's a confederate 
sort of troop or, or a few leftovers from a troop. Mm-hmm. Confederate cavalry, uh, raider sort of, Mosby raider kind of guys. Okay, so, so they, they sort of um, kidnap some uh, Union soldiers, switch um, uniforms with mm-hmm. them, use the switched uniforms to rob a train, mm-hmm. to take the money back to... And knock them over for $30,000. Was it that much? 30? Something like so, that. Okay, so they take $30,000 worth of... Bullion. Coins or something. <laughs> credit card. It's a credit card. It's doubloons. <laughs> ah, pieces of eight, governor. So they, they take them back. And in the meantime, as they're traveling back, they're, they're given to understand that the war has ended. Yes. So, so now they have this sort of captured spoils of war, mm-hmm. which is kind of permissible. Like, that's one of the things, the spoils that's of war. That's what they were doing. Yeah, they were, now, they were funding their own war effort, and suddenly the war is no longer there. So they get this money. It's what a do you unified do? federal, you know, right. uh, country now. And so now they're just, they're just bandits. And so, so they, they really need to give the money back. Well, that, but except they don't feel that way. Okay, good. They don't feel that way. I mean, apparently the federal government figures out that they did. I don't know how they could possibly have done that in real life, but the federal government figures out that they had taken this money, and so they want it back, and so they go find... They, so the big, the big trope of the movie is the federal government wanting to get that money back. And by the time. way, by they, we mean a, a cast of, of Confederate soldiers headed by Richard Egan. And let me just tell you, ladies and gentlemen... Richard Egan, mm, what a stud muffin. Delicious. No, mm, oh, is he delicious? Sorry, Dad. Only, oh, only. my poor father, turning over in his grave again. Oh, uh, yeah, turning over in his urn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> his crazy urn. <laughs> his nutty little urn. <laughs> but, uh, but, but that's true. Like, that, that's so great. Yeah, Richard Egan oh, yeah. and Elvis Presley, yeah. two extremely beautiful men. Like, yeah, yeah. Richard Egan is noticeably, like, you look at this guy and go, like, nobody had skin like that. Or teeth. <laughs> In the or eyes. Or Yeah. Like, this is a guy who obviously puts cucumbers on his eyes. <laughs> like, really obviously. He's got an yeah. eye cream situation going on there. Uh, and so he's got, like, these, this beautiful skin. And yeah. Elvis is even prettier. Like, that's yeah. one of the things that becomes clear. I, it's been so long since I've looked at young Elvis mm-hmm. that I've forgotten how, like, this guy was beautiful, yeah, man. Yeah, he was a beautiful man, man. yeah. So uh, that's uh, so, the, so Richard and Egan, it gets better in the in the next movie we're going to talk about too. It's weird, okay? Yeah. But go on. Well, I disagree with that, but 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 he Richard Egan and, and the troop comes back um, home. Mm-hmm. So the war's over, and they have this sort of dilemma to keep the money or not. But the the second sort of situation, the big comes situation, up, yeah, and that's that he comes home and, and everyone thinks he's been killed. So he shows up alive, uh, and his please go ahead. No, his sweetheart, the woman yeah. he, that has gotten him through the war, and he's told all of his friends about her. He's yeah. going to go home and marry her. In fact, they. They, they use one of the ways they get tracked is that they use the stolen money to buy him a wedding suit right for when he gets back and so when they get back they get back to the farm yeah. and because everyone thought he was dead yeah uh, in the meantime Elvis has married her which is Elvis think, is his younger brother yeah I'm sorry Elvis is the younger brother and the younger brother Elvis has married his Richard Egan's sweetheart yeah and by the way that was again a, a reasonably common sort of an occurrence at that time you yep. know the the, 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 the fiance the, the, the man dies and then the, 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 the next son usually will, will often step up yeah so so basically I mean this is the premise this is the tension in the film which is mm-hmm. it's twofold right and, and they're intertwined yeah. so there's the sort of jealousy that that sort of grows from Richard Egan toward Elvis but also Elvis toward Richard Egan, because does his new bride still, is she still in love with Richard Egan? And of mm-hmm. course, to some degree, she is. She is. And She's then, definitely in love with him. And then should the money be given back? Right. And and that's complicated by the the aforementioned Confederate soldiers yeah. who want to keep the money now. Right, yeah. 
Um, and so the so I don't know that we need to say more. Although you can if you want, but oh, that's definitely the want to say more. Story. Uh, but but there's there's other elements to it which I think are really important. First off, the Elvis character because the, let's introduce Elvis to our movie watching audience here. Yeah, uh, is it plays a supernatural sweetheart. At yeah. the beginning, he's sure. like he's like too fucking nice. Like he's yeah yeah he's just uh, he's, he's in like love with me this. nice. Yeah, except if you if if by nice you mean cruel and, and vicious. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. No, uh, he's like uh, he's super in love with his wife. Uh, he super loves his older brother yeah. who he idolizes to okay. to like to like a fourteen year old degree. Yeah, yeah, or something like that. And he's super talented because every once in a while somebody just throws a guitar at him. Yeah, and he'll and he'll suddenly and he'll sing "Love Me Tender." <laughs> just, oh, yeah. by by saying I don't know if we want to say more. I meant more about like the development of the plot. But but yeah, I mean like the character like agreed. But the character brings into the last sort of elements the, the the development of the plot as it goes along. The ultimate, you know, where we end up basically. I would say, which is uh, Elvis uh, finds out and uh, finds out that his older brother and uh, his wife now yep. are still in love with each other. So he turns into mean, beautiful Elvis. He turns like he turns like savage. He turns like Darth Vader mean yep. on a dime. Yeah, like it's absurd. Like yeah. he goes from the sweetest person ever to the vicious mean. Right, and uh, with 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 no intervening time in between, and and. Suddenly, it just becomes this completely irrational creature moving forward. And then, of course, I don't know where this, this is not really part of the plot, but the idea that, that he has to be handed a guitar two or three times during mm-hmm. the film to just pluck out what sounds clearly like a, like a sort of mellowed rock and roll song rather than anything that would have been yeah. heard in the 1860s. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, know, you, could, you could smell the country inside of the music, but at the same time, it's like, ah, they, they didn't. Yeah. They didn't have. The first time, I don't think they had guitars like that. Back then, I mean, they had guitars, no but I don't idea. think they were as I don't think they were as good, and I don't think they were as prevalent as say a banjo probably was at that point. Yeah. Well, in any case, I mean, look, it's a, it's a decent film. It's it's enjoyable. It's like a Sunday afternoon, don't want to go back to work type mm. movie watching. Definitely popcorn. with some flaw with definite flaws yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the high points for me is is Neville Brand, who's you may remember from the Grifters as the guy who beat Angelica Houston with um, yeah. oranges oh, wrapped in a towel. Guy, wasn't he? He is always, he just has the face of like a fuck face who's like always going to get you in trouble and is mm-hmm. evil. It's like, he's like evil Edmund O'Brien. Yeah, that's a good call. Evil Edmund O'Brien. Yeah, great. So anyway. I, I just, oh, one other person, what? I, uh, there's another person that I spotted in there too. And I, and, and I looked and I looked and I looked. I could not find his name in any of the credits. Uh, but uh, I swear to God, one of the one of the Confederate soldiers at the beginning of the movie yeah. uh, was Crazy Lyle from the Wild Bunch. I kill Bo him, Hopkins. I kill him no now. Way. Uh, I think I think maybe the twelve years earlier. Yeah, it looked it looked. Just was he eleven like in this film? I look just like him, dude. I don't know yeah. what else to tell you. I'm pretty sure you're but wrong. Maybe maybe I, I'm okay with being wrong, unlike some people around here. Okay. Well, I'm not wrong about the following in 1964. <laughs> Elvis Presley teamed up with a Miss Anne Margaret to make Viva Las Vegas. <sighs> Viva Anne Margaret, you mean? What do you think? Bright light, pussy gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. I love Elvis songs, by the way. I just there's something about them. Anyways, yeah. yeah, and I hope you do too, because otherwise. Um, so what was that? What was your dumb question? <laughs> <laughs> Was it worth it to you to sing that Elvis song? It really was. What it did was, you? I'm just gonna start with a question about what you like. Do you like Viva Las Vegas? Do you like it as a film? God, do you like it more or less than Love Me Tender? It's it's 
it's almost not a film. It's that's not the a problem. Movie. That's it. That's, it's not a movie. I can't. I, you can't put them in the same category because no. it's not a movie. It's it's the longest ad for Las Vegas it's I think I've ever seen. Lo- yeah, it's an ad for Vegas. It's like triple A, <laughs> early triple A advertisement, or pl- it's product placement. Oh, yeah, it's one huge product <laughs> placement bananas. for Vegas as we loved it in the sixties. Oh, yeah, yeah, everything. It's just just after the Rat Pack left. It's that Vegas. Yeah, absolutely. And it's um, for me the selling points are just watching Elvis's skin glow out of a freaking screen and yeah. just Anne Margaret I oh my god I would have loved to help that woman clean those hard to reach places I would she shows <laughs> up in these awful. shorts at the beginning of the yeah. film like oh my god she's a beautiful person she's well but that's one of the things that I found really interesting is that she, her star power almost overtops Elvis in 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 some ways like like he's got this he's this beautiful screen persona and she's like his match yeah, for sure. Which was not true in the other movie or, or in no. other movies as well. Like she was like almost physically and, and talent wise his match. Yeah, this whatever is, that means. I mean, she's a better actor than he is. I oh, think. yeah, absolutely. And she's a great singer. And she had all the song. And of course, the crazy jazz dancing was really humiliating as a white person. It was really fucking it's terrible. terrible. So, I mean, there's almost no plot to speak of. But the plot, if we're going to sort Let's of do name it. it, is really this. Elvis Presley is a race car driver from Los Angeles. Yes. He's in Vegas. He's somehow he has some goon back in Los Angeles who's who's looking for the perfect engine for him. And he's trying to he's winning the money in Las Vegas. He's winning money to sort of get that engine. He's sort of working on cars. Mm-hmm. He runs into a French Why guy. he's working on a car in Las Vegas when his car is in Los Angeles. I, nobody knows. Nobody but he's knows. in Las Vegas he, and he befriends this this French um, race car driver who's also kind of a mechanic and they have that sort of like buddy-buddy, uh-huh. you know, like relationship, kind of joshing each other. And Anne Margaret shows up with Wearing the, the most amazing white shorts you've ever seen. Maybe go go boots. Like I also, but just god damn it. Okay. She's amazing, but she shows up in the car. And it's almost like I'm out of like windshield washer fluid or something. So <laughs> let, me, let me pull into this like like Could you... clearly like high performance, <laughs> place. like an airport hangar, like that that like that hardcore. And so immediately Elvis and this and this French guy, like, are trying to maneuver her into. I don't. Well, obviously they want her, but I don't know what it is. And they turn their backs and well, she, they're, they're, they're getting day rapey. It's pretty, a little bit day rapey. It's but they crazy. turn their backs and she she speeds off because she's wise to them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so then the next like Sassy twenty minutes wise. is them going from casino to casino, casino looking for her. And so we just get the names of casinos, um, showgirls. Meanwhile, he uh, like, Elvis, but, seems... but also like I should say like racist. Like, I, I'm racist. Like mm. like the Asian showgirls are like ha no 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 no. It's just nah. ridiculous. Yes, and, um, and 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 Elvis sings. Fucking the, the 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 yellow rose of Texas at he, one point. He gets up and starts singing on a stage, but for no reason again at all. Even more than most musicals. Uh, in no, that no sense. you don't understand. Like a bunch of Texans are rioting, so he gets up and sings the yellow rose of Texas, and then marches around the street. It, but, but this it's is all horrible. because they're looking for Anne Margaret. So it's like yeah. a, a whole like twenty percent of the film is them looking for Anne Margaret. Mm-hmm. And then finally finding her. Yes, and her rejecting their their manly advances initially, of course. Yeah. But, the, but, but that doesn't stop them because no. they're date rape. I mean, they're men in the 1960s. It is very raping, for sure. <laughs> no question they about find, it. Uh, Elvis, they, they, they go back. They're dejected. They're at, and, but, they can't, but they want to find her. They don't know where she is because they saw her at a club, but she doesn't work there, right? right? So then they figure out that she is the swimming instructor. Which at leads the hotel to some sort of musical scene where Elvis falls in the pool and loses his money but, down uh, the pool drain. Here's what I love. Okay, so here's the thing. We're in Las Vegas. He's won all the money for his engine. Yeah. 
he has to lose his money in a goddamn pool because he can't do the obvious thing, which is you're in Vegas, you lose your money at the goddamn table. Right. Right. Like that would be the obvious thing to do, but they can't do that because they can't show you losing money in Las Vegas because this is a travel. Oh, I didn't even think about that. It's so stupid. You're in the one place on earth where losing money is the easiest possible yeah. thing to do and no have question. fun doing it. Instead, he has to fall into a pool and it goes down a drain. Yeah. Actually, it's pushed by a kid down a drain. It's just Little terrible. Shit. I just, what a bastard. I really don't like this movie in any way except that. And Margaret is, is a beautiful person. And she had, so she, this is her third film. She'd done Pocket Full of Miracles. She had mm-hmm. this sort of minor role as Betty Davis's returning daughter. Mm-hmm. She does a Bye Bye Birdie Bye. in 63. The crowning irony of which, of course, is Bye, Day, Bye Bye Birdie is, uh, is a musical that's satirizing uh, Elvis. Satirizing. When he, it's a satire? How about that? Smart ass. It, it is a satire. It is a satire yeah. of uh, Elvis's uh, Elvis's popularity yeah. when he went into the army. Yeah, and then we have Viva Las Vegas. And then in 1965, she teams up with Steve McQueen for, I think, her best role maybe ever in Cincinnati Kid. And at oh. her, maybe even sexier than, than Viva Las Vegas. Mm, okay. But, but anyway, so go back to, to Viva Las Vegas. So really what it now comes down to is the plot is somehow about him having to get the money back. But... The only way to do it is... He becomes a waiter at the hotel where he's staying. Oh, yeah, but I was actually going to mention the sort of the big point, which is the huge talent contest. There's a Vegas talent... I guess Vegas is high school now. But I want to step back one second. Okay, go ahead. One second on this, because he is broke. He's working as a waiter in Las Vegas. He manages to talk her out on a date, and then they go to... Everything Las Vegas has, including yeah. take a helicopter trip, sure. go speedboat well, racing at the Hoover Dam. Yeah. Right, exactly. Like, that's possible. Yeah. Like, oh, you make friends look believable at that point. Yeah. It's, it's so there's a big. I'll be there for you. <laughs> Even as Elvis, you're insufferable. Yeah, Maybe more so. Once you, you suck my balls. So um, the big talent contest is just an excuse for Aunt Margaret now to get in on some of the singing and mm-hmm, dancing. Mm-hmm. It, it's just a, a total mess. I really don't know what people like about this movie, except that the song is something you can't get out of your head. It is a great song. It is uh, a f- great song. Yeah, and 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 by the way, I like the fact that he wins the contest, but she actually should have won, from my viewing, as I was watching it. Mm-hmm. Hers was a better segment, but in any event, he wins the contest. Yeah, uh, they both get like cr- crappy prizes. Yeah, despite any of this, somehow he still gets the engine and goes on a race. This is you like know I just saw this movie, and honestly, I can't even remember how it ends. That's how much I don't with care race, about what's happening in with this a, movie. With the race, by the way, yeah. the, the editing is so freaking bad. One of yeah. my favorite scenes in the movie is at the very end of the race. Mm-hmm. You see the cars whizzing hugely fast over the finish line. Okay, and then like people start jumping out of the track, uh-huh. but they're moving so fucking fast that you could tell that they're speeded up too because uh, the cars are going 20 miles an hour towards uh, the thing. It's just shit. Just some bullshit editing on this Terrible. Thing. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. I guess nobody cared back then. Well, no, nobody cared. That, I think, is if you really wanted to come from a tagline for this movie, yeah. Viva Las Vegas, nobody cared. Nobody gives a shit. Here's where I think you and I are different sometimes about, about mm. films. And we were different in a lot of ways, but I'm not a fan of whatever it is, song, movie, whatever, it's so bad, it's good. Yeah. I'm just not a fan. Like, I don't I don't find things enjoyable because they're bad. Right. And I think you do. And so I think you, is, is that my right in saying you might like this film for that? No, actually, I don't. I don't like this song. I don't like this movie because it's bad. I like this movie because there are some enjoyable elements to it. Okay. And it's a diverting way to kill two hours. I would not put this as, as, a, as a good movie. I would watch Love Me Tender over this any day. Would you? Yeah. Would I? It's actually a good movie. Would I? Hair lip, hair lip. Would I? <laughs> would I? Would I? 
God yeah. damn it. There's it. Never mind. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. They're like right on the same plane for me. They're, okay. They're like right, that, right in that, that category. If I was like, there was, if I had like a VCR, you know, with a, if I, if I had a, tr- a selection of movies and none of them fucking appealed to me, I would take either one of those. It doesn't matter to me. There's something enjoyable about Viva Las Vegas, despite the fact that it's just dreadful. It's a terrible movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what I do like about it is uh, William Demarest plays Anne Margaret's father. I uh, should have mentioned that earlier, but he's mm-hmm. such a great like bit player in yeah. Hollywood. He He's a guy, I don't know if there's any reference point that anyone would get, but he, this won't help, but he um, replaced uh, William Frawley. Who was uh, Fred Mertz, but then he was Uncle Charlie on My Three Sons. Fred, uh, oh, that is Uncle Charlie, isn't it? Yeah, William Frawley oh, had wow. a heart attack mm-hmm. and died midway through shooting uh, an episode of of My Three Sons, and so William Demarest, Fred, I think, Fred McMurray, like wiped his feet on him and then walked off. Oh God, everyone hated <laughs> William Frawley. William Frawley and William Demarest also strike me as men with extraordinarily bad breath. Although I have no way of confirming this. <laughs> <laughs> but I like to point out he was the only person in this movie that was genuinely acting as though he were in a movie well because he was an actor <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's why <laughs> like even like the French guy like why why was he even in no there no point there at was all. zero reason we, you know what we need what we need is, a, is, a, is an oily fr- uh, an oily foreigner in here to make Elvis's white Americanism <laughs> comes. I don't fucking know man yeah it's a mystifying movie, but there's an enjoyability factor for me. I, I can't, yeah. I can't defend it. I could def- I'm not going to defend it. I'm just going to. Ah, I would watch I it. I could definitely do without Elvis films in general. This is one of the. Every once in a while, we challenge ourselves, and I had. I, it's not like I've never seen an Elvis film, but it's sort of like not my forte at all. And we challenge ourselves on this podcast to sort of watch things once in a while, because otherwise we're going to be doing William Holden. You're going to be blowing. You're going to be gargling a movie's balls every fucking episode. So we try to challenge ourselves, but but the risk is just this. I look at it, I go like, I see nothing of value in seeing any more uh, Presley films. I I would like at some point to shoehorn Jailhouse Rock in here just to see. Because I remember enjoying that the last time I saw it. And the last time I saw it was like 10 years ago. So that might... Yeah, at some point I'd like to shoot, maybe maybe see about that. But yeah, however it works out. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it. I think we're the Finlays on film. Space, space, space. We found our new ending, not. Not. We love <laughs> films. We we love fucking with each other. We love each other. We do, but we love. Being mean to each other. Being mean to each other. That's right, you stupid bastard. Somebody send us a new ending, please. Yes, please. (laughs) Bye, folks. Adioso. (laughs) There you go. That's the ending.